Okay. All right. Here um, we are. Here we are. Yeah. It's baseball drama day is what today is. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of drama are we talking about? We're talking about the selfish kind of drama. Oh, jeez. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, okay, I'll say this. Football is king in America still at the high school level. Mm. And yeah, which makes uh, football coaches feel like, you know, monarchs. Yes. Um, big man on campus, so to speak. Yeah, big man yeah. on campus. Exactly. Right. Speaking of monarchs, what do you think of Oprah? <laughs> she probably is our monarch. That or actually, no, I, I wouldn't dare disrespect Queen Queen B. So there is that too. Yeah. But yeah. Man, oh Oprah, man. man. Well, I, she's had a busy few weeks here. Yeah, usually, usually we reverse the order, but I, but it's a good segue, I think. Yeah, like, let's just do I it. came home the other day and it. like I was like, why is Oprah on my television? And I was like, <laughs> what's and my wife and my daughter are glued to the TV, yeah. watching this interview the between interview. yeah between Harry and and Meghan. Mm-hmm. And why they left the royal family. And I'm like, why do we care that they left the royal family? Why is this even... Mm. Why is this even... This isn't even like... This has nothing to do with even our country. No. Other than the fact that they live in California now. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, why do we care about this? Mm. Does this happen in your house yeah, at all? Yeah, it has actually. It was funny. We Nathaniel and I came home and our wives were, were watching it as well. And we were like... I gotta say, I got sucked right in, man. I'm such a, oh, I'm such a sucker dude, for that but stuff. But why? I, I don't know. It just was on. And Do I, you remember when Diana died? I remember the night Diana died. You remember all yes, that? Yes, I was probably in second grade, I think, and um, my grandmother was watching us. You were in what grade? It doesn't matter. It's, what did you say? Second grade. Second grade. It was 1998, right? That's it. I'm out of the <laughs> I'll just walk out of the room for those of you who aren't watching. Um, no, um, I remember, and my grandmother was watching my brother and I, and she was so sad. I mean, I could tell something bad happened because there was news footage of cars and all this stuff. Yeah. But I, I was, I got to say, I was a little, like, shocked that so many people were... Cared about this. Were sad, yeah. I mean, someone died, yeah. and that's always sad, of course, but... It's like, not always sad. Well, yeah. You, I guess, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not always. I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> All right, Pastor Coleman. I'm just saying. I mean, how many? There, nobody shed a tear when Osama bin Laden got. Okay, next. that's true. You're right. All right. Yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, somebody dies every four seconds in this that's country. True, so right. It's like. Yeah. That's true. How sad are you right now? Not that sad. Not that sad. No. So I'm just saying, it's not always sad. Okay. All right. I acknowledge that, that is true. Yes. Okay. So but why everyone were we was so sad, about, sad about that one? Yes. Um, well, that one was it was tragedy. I mean, it was like a tragic way that she yeah, had being chased by the paparazzi. Exactly. Yeah, like a car yeah. car related incident, and um, so that in and of itself was sad, but. And I honestly don't really know much more about her life beyond that. I gotta say, I don't know anything about. I, I her remember the funeral. Or, yeah, because it was on. You couldn't turn on television without it being on. Yep. And so I remember Harry and what's his brother's name? Was it Philip? William. William. Yeah. 
I'm just making up British sounding <laughs> names up. now. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Rupert? What's yeah. his name? Just, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just listing the most yeah. mayonnaise names you can think of. <laughs> Wendell? George? I don't know. George is their son. It's Edward, actually. right? <laughs> Anyways, I think it's William and Harry. I just remember when they, I remember how little they were. Yes. And that yes. was sad. Yes. Just seeing yeah. them have to parade and make a spectacle of their mother's yeah. wedding. I was like, just leave them alone. I know, seriously. Yeah. And uh, so now he's like a grown man. Yeah. Making and his own uh, decisions. Making his own decisions. So for those of you that don't know, they have left the royal family. They have departed. They've departed yes. from California. They've gone the way of the Yank. That's right. Yeah. Uh, to the disgrace yes. of an entire nation. Yeah. And leveling some pretty hefty uh, accusations on the way out. They did. Yes. Yes. What um, do you know about that? Uh, well, my very limited knowledge and my 10 minutes watching the interview. The or, Oprah special. Yeah. That there was, they left. Um, because they f- they felt um, mistreated by the royal family, um, particularly. S- yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I think Meghan Markle was the the subject of that. A lot of it having allegedly yeah. a lot of it having to do with the fact that she's biracial. Right. And, yes. Um, and then I think Harry, as her husband, being frustrated with with that that treatment, and yeah. so therefore deciding. It's in their best interest to make a life for themselves separate from the from the royal family. Yeah. So they went to America and are attempting to do that. America. Yeah. At Tyler Perry's house, apparently. Yeah. They've yeah. adapted to American life well. Yes. Whenever they go somewhere, he always just says, let's rock and roll. Yeah. That's uh, that's <laughs> in his accent. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> let's rock and rock roll. And roll. <laughs> We're <Boy> like, hell. <laughs> this is definitely the nonsense portion. <laughs> We're like the least qualified people. We barely know the names of the people involved. But anyways, it, it is. Wendell? It, yeah. It is fascinating to me, though, that we we care so deeply about. Why? Well, I mean, well, what do you think? I well, mean, that's not rhetorical. I really want to know why. What do you? So, you know, why do you think we give a rip about this stuff? No, you know, why do we care that? You know, the other story that was big was like not this big, but like Lady Gaga's dogs got stolen. Yeah. At gunpoint, and everyone's like, "The dogs are okay." It's like, <laughs> what about the dog walker? You oh like gosh, got shot seriously. or something? I think, and <laughs> I think we just have this fascination with celebrity, and we've talked about this in other contexts. On yeah, the but podcast I think the royal and, family's like distinct. Like the royal distinct, wedding yes. was a big mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, you know, this thing is a big. It's so, always yeah. been a big thing. So I think in there's American layers culture. to that, right? Yeah. Like number one is they're well known, so there's that. Um, yeah, but I do think. Um, and the article you sent me about this actually tapped into something I hadn't quite put together in my brain, which was... Like we have a historical connection. That's right. We're connected to yeah. them in a very, very real way, in a very yeah. bloody way, in a very yeah. contentious way. And yeah. so I think there's something, you know, all that conflict aside, there's something that we are connected as as nations, yeah. you know, yeah. in an unmistakable way. And so... While it isn't necessarily, doesn't it really have anything to do with us in the way that it affects our lives? There, there's something to be said about the tradition and the, yeah, you know, Britain's had its influence across the world, whether good or bad, depending on how you want to look at it. But um, 
Well, one of the things that the article said is like storytelling is a big deal, I think, to us as people. Yeah. But specifically, what I would, the addendum that I would make to that is that I think we really like storytelling of this high regard mm-hmm. is like almost fantastical. Like yeah. it's like Game of Thrones. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, all of a sudden now we're like dealing with princesses and yeah. princes. And mm-hmm. and so now all of a sudden we're captivated in what every bedtime story and, yep. you know, fantasy we've ever been taught is is about princes and kingdoms and monarchies. Yeah. And yeah. also all of a sudden it's like playing out in real life, mm-hmm. even though they hold no real power anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, and how many of the stories too are like, this is the rule, this is the tradition. And then one of the children goes, not me. I'm going to go do my own thing, <laughs> you know, for whatever reason, you know, yeah. depending Rebellion. on the, depending on the Disney movie or yeah fantasy movie of your choice it's for different reasons but I mean, that's playing out right now and i think that it does tap into something within each of us that, yeah. that wants to kick against maybe what yeah what we're used to or how we grew up or whatever the case may be so yeah i, I think we like the this this article in the wall street journal let me quote it it says and i quote we get the benefits, the pictures, the clothes, the castles, the horses, the military outfits, the stories of backstairs and love affairs, mm-hmm. but England's paying the bills. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so we That's get all the stories. So we right. get to participate in all of this, but yeah. we, we don't. We don't really have to deal with the fallout and the problems of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. It is truly like a fantasy in that it's not. It doesn't affect our yeah. our lives. It's. Yeah. It's a drama of royal proportions, but it is yeah. something we can observe and comment on yeah. without it actually affecting you yeah. and me. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and I think, you know, I, I guess if you're going to layer gospel stuff on it, like, I mean, I, I feel like I'd be, I don't want to like overreach on this, but man, oh man, like, it's it's not that far to get to, oh, let's see, we're interested in a kingdom mm-hmm. with a with a monarch, yep. And this story is about their children rebelling from that monarchy yeah, and, yeah. and 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 leaving that mm-hmm. kingdom. Mm-hmm. And will they find their way back eventually? Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, so, like this is teed up for sure. Yeah. Totally. It is, yeah, <laughs> for a pastor, yeah, it's an underhand lob for sure. Yeah. Um, I think even in our day and age, where a lot of that 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 royal language feels very antiquated and yeah. not really applicable there's still uh, and even you know as autonomous independent americans like there's still something within us that recognizes that that's how life has worked throughout most of history is yeah. under some sort of you know and then we still have you know the president or whatever but it's not the same like you don't you don't bow to the president you don't like the 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 tradition isn't the same. Yeah. It's not the same at all. And so I think there is something within us that's that's still, whether we like it or not, sort of fascinated by that. Yeah. You know? We are. Like my wife said to me the other day, she's like, oh, man. Like she saw the pictures of England. During the, she's like, oh, man, I, I still would really like to vacation there. And I was like, all right, oh, okay. We should go to an English restaurant first. <laughs> I'm just imagining. And she's, and she's, and she's like, what? 
And I was like, oh, that's right. Those don't exist because their food is awful. Why would you? you you're just getting caught up in this that's stuff. Right. What are you doing? I was like, oh, we should, the beaches there are, oh, no, wait. It's always raining there. Why would we want to go there when we can go to, like, Italy? Yeah. You know? and, it's really close. <laughs> it's really close, except it's awesome. I just imagine your vacation with Shannon would be like, you go there for two weeks. She'd go, like, ride ride the bus do all the stuff and you just be like in a cigar shop like that's all i would do that's right <laughs> i was surrounded in a closet an english pub yep. maybe their alcohol that's, that's right. what you would be going there yeah, for basically. and even then you could just go up the road to ireland and that would be better that would be better yes so, so i don't know in my opinion <laughs> in your humble opinion yes. in my humble opinion yeah and you know man we i don't know i, I think americans we're so distinctly American, mm-hmm. and this is this is also like like staring through the the looking glass or the window or like window shopping at other cultures yeah. that we've heard about and read about, right. and um, you know, yeah. and, it's, and it's like I think maybe a little bit of escapism in some ways, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But we're like we don't want that here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I do think, you know, without going too far into it, like it's been a very racially tense year. And mm-hmm. I, that's been a, that's was, that is what they're claiming. The Royal family yeah. did was that yeah. their, their main grievances against yeah. them were race related. And so yeah. I think that, you know, for better or worse, people are drawn to that kind of stuff. Yeah. this year especially too. especially this year yeah. yeah and so um well i mean speaking of being distinctly american that brings us to your topic yeah my, um, my light fodder for discussion today. your light fodder <laughs> seriously man yeah. so i'll tell you what i'm thinking of doing okay do you tell me <laughs> so i found this article andrew andrew's kind of you could be a prince andrew prince andrew Prince, and yeah, there was Andrew, a Prince Andrew. I'm just what I'm saying. Nathaniel, not so much, but Andrew. According to my parents, that's one of the two sources for my name was Prince Andrew. Um, forget not it. because just, he's a. Per- no, I, don't I don't know. You know what? Just go. Will it help if the other one was because it's a biblical name? <laughs> no, that make it worse. Okay. I'm tired of stop naming your kids after Bible characters. Right. I didn't follow that tradition. I, it's like I don't know any, you know, Judases. Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> Funny how that one never caught on. Okay, that one obviously. I, okay, how about Melchizedek? That's right. That was yeah. an awesome person, but no one's taking that name. No, just Mel. Mel. No. We could do Mel. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's okay. I was trying to find something that was actually, yeah, that wasn't this and that wasn't uh, um, vaccines. So, but this just popped up and the title you succeeded. Was, the trial was very provoking which was america without god and it was actually it was written by a game guy named shadi hamid for in a very liberal newspaper yes yet somehow very balanced so why i was shocked by that yeah so i was like all right the atlantic so knowing what we're getting into yeah but i read it because the title grabbed me and i gotta say that there were it, it articulated a lot of things that i have been thinking and processing over the past year and so i just want to i wanted to highlight four portions and just talk about them with you. awesome that's because it's this topic is 
too big for one podcast. So all I want to do is bring up a few po good points he made and let's talk about them. So um, there's one quote that I really liked. This is my first point. He says, as so what's, the, what's the thesis of the article in general? So the thesis of the article, so I'll just read his like subtitle okay. or sub-summary, which is, as religious faith has declined in America, ideological intensity has risen, which is very true. Will the quest for secular redemption through politics doom the American idea? And then one of the things he highlights at the beginning is that we were holding steady at like 70% church attendance right. forever, forever as a country. Yes. And then we had the sharpest decline mm -hmm. in church attendance in history yes. in the last two decades. Yeah. So okay, what he's looking ahead. at is like what happened to that. Yeah. Like that energy, that effort, that intention that yeah. went towards church going. Yeah. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. Um, what ha why is that going down and what's taken its place? Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of what he's trying to get okay, at. Okay, got um, it. So the first quote I highlighted was this, and this was early on in the article. He says, as Christianity's hold in particular has weakened, ideological intensity and fragmentation have risen. American faith, it turns out, is as fervent as ever. It's just that what was once religious belief has now been channeled into political belief. Political Great. debates over what Great America... Minds. Oh, man, you got it too. Man. Debates over what America is supposed to mean have taken the character of theological disputations. This is what religion without religion looks like. Mm -hmm. And I wrote next to that that religion without Jesus or God is a better way to put what he's trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that would really grab me, and it made me wonder. Then, what does our, what does the church, how does the church fit into that then, or not fit into that? As we have this decline, and as we have this fragmentation, I think the puzzle, and I think that's why this year has been so divisive and. Christianity, Christendom, whatever, is because we're trying to fit into that. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have some thoughts on this that just go against the mainstream kind of Christian answer on this. Yeah. And it's just what I kind of feel deep in my bones at yeah. this point. And maybe 10 years from now, I'll listen back to this and be like, oh, man, I said some terrible things. But <laughs> it's how I feel right now, which right. is, you know, every person that I respect and love says that we have a responsibility to be involved in politics and in the public forum on mm. this issue. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's true. Mm. Yeah. I don't think it's true. It, wow. I think that's been true. Right. But I think right now, yeah. I think there's no way for us to do it without adding to the political noise and the polarization. Yes. I don't think there's a way to do it. Yeah. So I think that churches have to be staunchly uh, non-political mm -hmm. And really, really good at the gospel so yeah. that every voice can hear. Yeah. Because as soon as you enter into politics as a church or a pastor, I, I'm just telling you, that might work in Nashville. Right. But here in the Bay Area near mm -hmm. San Francisco, mm -hmm. uh, there's no way for me to do that without me ending up on somebody's shit list. It's right. just not possible. Right. Or to, and that's actually what I wrote down. What I wrote down was we, we grab a political idea to hold on to relevance. And I think that really happened this year. Like yeah. on the right or the left, like you'll mm -hmm. see, you see churches like, like, okay, people don't care about the gospel, but they do care about this thing. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I'm going to grab on to, you mm -hmm. know, traditional values, or yeah. I'm going to grab on to whatever definition yeah. of social justice and like try to f fit, you know, the gospel on top of those yeah. things. Instead of starting with the gospel and seeing what it has to say about both yeah. of those things. Yeah, and as these topics come up, you know, 
and we teach what the Bible has to say to them, other than trying to shoehorn them into a, yeah. a, a some sort of framework, which is what raises everybody's antenna and radar. Yeah. Like last night, in you know, I had my men's group around my house last night. Someone came to the group, and they were like, you know, the, you know, they brought up the the, the topic of same, of same sex attraction, they were, and they were like, I don't want to talk about this, but. It's one of the things, this is the topic that I struggle with the most, but I don't want to talk about this. Hmm. And that, you know what that, in, you know, my personality, you know what that turned into. A discussion. That's all that. we talked about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people should learn not to say that around you. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, no, you don't want to talk about this because no one has been able to talk about this except in a binary way. That's right. Yep. So let's talk about this subject in a way that is willing to live in the tension a little bit more. In other words, argue for a biblical position of sexuality, Mm -hmm. but also deal with the implications of trying to live that out as human beings in relationship with the human beings that are behind these topics. Yeah, 100%. If we can figure out how to have conversations like that, both in the pulpit and in people's private homes, uh, but I just... There's no way to become political as a church or a pastor in this setting, no. in our context no. at this time. That's no. just how I feel no, right no, now, no. man. I, Having grown up here, I could not agree with you more. I mean, we have to do, in a place like this, we have to do the work of relationship in order to have any hope of weaving the gospel into people's lives. You yeah. know, the We have to preach. We have to have, you know firm convictions about what the Bible says, but that has to be woven into people's lives through understanding where they're coming from and what they're experiencing and how the gospel applies to those things. And the only way to do that is to talk about it with people. And so, you know, the tidy answers don't really, don't do a lot. Well, that's exactly right. And listen, I, I, I care a lot. What I'm not saying is, is that we become apolitical. Yeah. I'm not saying that Christians don't care about what happens in the world mm-hmm. and that they don't care about how these things impact our community, our society, yep. uh, our, our, our freedoms, so to speak. Right. You know, we, we should care deeply and tremendously about those things, but we, we're going to have to, like, I have a church. I am in relationship with that church. My responsibility is to get them to be thinking Christians about all of these topics independent from the larger meta political narrative that they tend to be attached to. That's right. And the only way to do that is to, in my opinion, is to just one, be willing to have these conversations in relationship, mm-hmm. and if you're going to preach them, as the Bible brings them up as That's part right. of the biblical narrative. That's right. So that they're attached to that framework, and yeah. it's clear they're attached to that framework, yeah. not something that you arbitrarily imposed into your preaching yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, you, you preached a sermon around the election cycle, um, and uh, it was called the political sermon that most Americans will hate or yeah. I think that was the title something like that and what I really what I walked away from that sermon really being really appreciative of is man people may not like philosophically agree with that with the things you said yeah but Probably they're gonna have a, lot a of people really hard time making a biblical case against what you said yeah 
And that's that's what I loved about that. And that's thing. to me that's yeah. a, that's a high compliment because that's you know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's so part of my personality wants everyone to be uncomfortable. Right. And then there's a whole another part of my personality that wants to help people find comfort. Yeah. And those two things seem mutually exclusive, but they're not. They're, they're not. Because the only way to get to a more comfortable place in this world mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is to like plow over all the things that you think are making you comfortable That's right. uh, yeah. and the ideas and the yep. political structures yep. and the ideologies mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. all that you know. yeah, and that's kind of why that's exactly what Jesus you know got himself killed over right. which was like he wanted to make people uncomfortable mm -hmm. because they were too comfortable that's right. in the wrong things yeah for sure uh, it's like you think this is as good as it gets, yeah. And I'm trying to tell you that it's not. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That was the next one. All right, the next one. That was uh, good. That was a good way to. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next one, he quotes a guy named Amber, Abraham Kuyper. He's hanging on my wall in my office. Seriously? Yeah. If you look at uh, the couch I normally sit on. Yeah. Yeah. Right behind me, that's Abraham Kuyper. Oh, I had no yeah. idea. That's He's cool. an old reformer, baby. Dang. Well, shows what I know. Jeez. <laughs> um. He, he, he's the Dutch theologian. That's cool. Well, he's a smart guy because he said this. Uh, he argued that all strongly held ideologies were effectually faith-based, that no human being could survive long without some ultimate loyalty. If loyalty didn't derive from traditional religion, it would find an expression through secular commitments such as nationalism, socialism, or liberalism. I love that. And I love it too because I think he's kind of tapping into something that we've, we've said around here. You were creating, as Harold Best says it, mm -hmm. unceasing outpouring. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when it comes up in a sermon, I think people kind of can glaze over that statement. Yes. But, like, all, he, all he's trying to say is, is, like, you're an image bearer. Mm -hmm. You image the one true monarch, the high king of the universe. Yeah. That's who you image. Okay. Well... God is constantly pouring himself out as a creator, mm -hmm. which means you are constantly pouring yourself out as his creation. Now, the question is yeah. not if you're doing that. Right. It's what. It's what. What are you pouring yourself out for? Mm -hmm. It's either going to be for him mm -hmm. or for something else. Yeah. Not, you're, 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 in other words, you're always worshiping. Mm -hmm. You are a worshiper. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's not when. Mm -hmm. It's not if. Yeah. It's what. Mm -hmm. What are you worshiping? And I think that's what Kupier is trying to say here. Yes. Is like, yeah. if you're not, uh, if you abandon, you know, the gospel and your first love, then it's not like you, that. That desire just ends. Yeah, you're gonna pour yourself out for something and that's what's happening in American politics right yeah, now. Yeah. And that's a really uncomfortable idea for people because it, it's like I want to divorce my life of worship. Like that's mm. something that you you church people, religious zealots do. I'm just, I have affinities, I have mm. opinions, I have convictions but I don't worship. And it's I mean like, look at no. this last year man. 
who would you say the zealots are right now? The oh, zealots man. are not going to be the are not the religious people no. anymore. No. It's it's the the political people. Yeah, sure. It's because their god is their president or their politician mm-hmm. or their candidate. Right? right? They have yeah. prophets who sit in senate seats right. and you know house committees, uh, and yeah. they have uh, laws yeah. and they have ideologies yeah. and they have gospels that they preach to salvation. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I thought this was really cool, too, because right after that, he quotes another guy, a theorist named Samuel Goldman, who calls this idea the law of conservation of religion, where in any given society, there's a relatively constant and finite supply of religious conviction. Mm. What varies is how and where it's expressed. Yeah. And I've, you know, Not I've, if. Yes. How. But how so, and where. So it's like this yeah. amount mm. of religious conviction in a given community or nation, mm-hmm. and it's like that has to be expressed somehow. I thought yep. that was such a interesting idea um and it's like how is it going to be that's exactly what the bible has told us yeah since it was revealed to us right right? that's the beginning of romans one right right? they they exchanged that worship Mm -hmm. for the lie yep that's that's the Romans one language. Yeah. They exchange the truth for a lie, yeah. and they now they worshiping creation mm-hmm. and not the creator. That's, right. that's the whole language that of is. the opening book of Romans 100%. is what this article exactly. is saying. All these these you know um, commentators are are kind of coming to the yeah. same conclusion. That's why I love it. It's like such a, a thoughtful way to think about it. Like and. And he goes on to say that, you know, it's instead of it being more unified, like when our we were more church going, quote unquote, mm-hmm. now it's it's fractioned. Conservatives believe they're faithful to the American idea and that liberals are betraying it, but liberals believe with equal certitude they're faithful to the American idea and that conservatives are betraying it. Yeah. So you have this this amorphous bubble of yeah. you know, conviction of religious conviction <clears throat> that has to be used somehow. Yeah. Well and the other and thing then that it's getting point- split into two. Yeah, against each other. Yeah, and the other thing that he's pointing out is like, typically the way that you bridge that is through a common enemy. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I was going to get to that. Which is a weaker gospel. Yeah, it is. For the record, totally. We don't want a common enemy. Yeah. We want a common king. Well, we want it, a common savior. That's such a better gospel. Yeah, and it's know? also I, I I mean you you can look back on history and see that that's true. Like nine eleven, we all came right. together. But but World War Two, we all came together. I always say, all right, well and good. So what's the solution then? Like, start a war. Do we just go start, start a war? <laughs> yeah. But it's also proven to not be true because if anything this year, you would have thought that... COVID a, would have brought a, us together. A, 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 a nameless, faceless enemy that's affecting everybody yeah. would have brought us together. And it did for like a month or two. It, yeah, it didn't. It, it made it, it actually... And then... It made things worse exploded. in some ways. Yes, yeah. exactly. So We were able to take a virus and somehow faction that off into different political ideologies. Yep, yep. I'm excited, not excited. Someday in like 20 or 30 years, a someone will be, be able to look back on that phenomenon and write a really good It'll be a scathing it. rebuke. That's right. That's it will what, be. It, that's it will what be. it's going to be. Yes, it will be. Yeah. It will be a scathing rebuke of our society. Yeah. So, um. um he wrote, one of the things that he writes is this, and I quote, No wonder the newly ascended American ideologies having to fill the vacuum where religion once was are so divisive. They are meant to be divisive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On the left, the woke take religious notions such as original sin, yep. atonement, yep. ritual, and excommunication and repurpose them 
for secular ends. So like cancel culture, right. that's, that's now the culture's excommunication, right? There's, it's like, Oh, we hate excommunication. I can't believe churches would do that. That's right. And it's like, it's on a national level right. now. Yeah, totally. Can, cancel culture is excommunication. That's right. Yeah. Or church discipline. Yeah. yeah. Or church discipline. Yeah. yeah. Applied very Except simple. they don't have anything to, the, the, per, the church's purpose is in building someone back up. Right. The culture's purpose yeah. is in tearing them yeah, back down. That's very sloppily applied yeah. church yeah. discipline, yeah. I should say. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that was actually my my third of four things was this very quote that you brought up. And, oh, sorry. Uh, no, it's great. It's a perfect segue. He goes on to say, um, whereas religion sees the promised land as being above God's kingdom, the utopian left mm-hmm. sees it as being ahead in the realization of just society here on earth. Yeah. And then it goes on to talk about the right. And, and it just reminded me of the language you used in a sermon recently about the ghosts ahead and the ghosts behind, like... If you look mm-hmm. at the left is like we gotta get we gotta progress, we gotta get there. Yeah. And oftentimes the right's like no, no, no. You know, make America great again. Yeah, it's in bring the, it back. It's in the past. Yeah. We gotta take it back to where it was great. And no. the left's like, no, greatness is ahead. Yeah. And I uh, yeah. I wrote down next to this, they are ghosts both. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like this illusion this vaporous thing in the in the future we're trying to grasp at yeah. that will never come. And then you know, grasping back to you know, perhaps a heyday that never was and um just goes to show the frivolity of it all. Yeah, and what's deeply troubling and concerning to me is the amount of language. There, well, two, there are two things that are deeply concerning to me about all of this. Is one that there seems to be language that actually believes hook, line, and sinker that we're going to be that. No, we can, we can make our utopia happen. Yeah, I know. Which means. And that's part of the problem of divorcing yourself from, you know, from the Christian faith and biblical Christianity is, is if you, if you can't deal with original sin, Mm -hmm. you're going to constantly be in a state of anxiety because the Bible knows there is no utopia this side of Eden. Right. That's the whole point. Right. Utopia was lost. Yes. Everything here can never be utopia. Yeah. Because of the presence of sin. That's right. And so you're, you're, if you got everyone in this country to vote left or to vote right, you still wouldn't have a utopia. No. You would then have factions within factions. That's right. Yeah. This is just the way we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just not possible. And then, the, yeah. you know, the, the second thing that's troubling is, is that in order to broker your utopia, there is a lot of um, performing stage acting mm-hmm. that's going on in the country yeah you know in other words people are are acting they're performing all the time yeah, uh, yeah. politicians mm-hmm. uh even victims right are are are, are performing yeah well and it's it's um it's evangelizing with a false gospel mm-hmm. right because it's you're you know it's you're trying to convince the other side that they're way of viewing the world is wrong but yours is right and if you looked at the world the way i do then this is what your life could look like yeah or this is what our life could look like um, yeah yeah that's exactly so, right yeah what's the last one yeah last one is um where he talks about america's god-shaped hole mm. which i thought was so funny because that's such a like uh 
church culture like it, it is <laughs> it's like such a he's a using cliche, it like, like it's a new phrase that's right it's and like, i'm like oh i when he wrote this i was like oh i know i start having like you might as 90s well 90s and 2000s yeah, you might as well have used the yeah. word fellowship in yeah. here or something <laughs> small group <laughs> god shaped hole that's right <laughs> yeah that's like where's, is the, it? where's the toby mac yeah. <laughs> hey man i love come toby on mac. man hey that was a low blow. <laughs> so let me tell you Because I just used Toby. You Mac. did. I thought, never mind. Uh, technically, that was That's right. <laughs> edited so, years ago. But. His Momentum album, I probably played that album like 200 times. No exaggeration. All right, then why are you hating on the man? I'm not hating. I'm just saying. You, you did. Very you emblematic of that little, time of Christian history. You weren't building him up. That's hey, all I'm saying. I love Toby Mac. Still, no shame. All right, no shame. All right, so God, so anyways, yes, God, God shaped hole, hole um, which in a, for other reasons that phrase makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel so bad now. Um, I'm so sorry to all of our <laughs> listeners. I, At its best, he says, religion confers relief by withholding final judgments until another time, mm-hmm. perhaps until eternity. Mm. The new secular religious religions unleash dissatisfaction not towards the possibilities of divine grace or justice but towards one's fellow citizens who become and this is super interesting embodiments of sin and he uses examples from both sides deplorables or enemies of the state and i thought yeah. that was so yeah telling of the last 365 yeah. days summarize what he just said for the just yeah you know, so basically what he's saying is like those of us who have faith in god have faith not just in who in his existence but his character mm-hmm. which is that he is holy and also just yeah and justice is a scary thing because if he's going to be just for all those people to all those people out there he has to be just to us yeah. as well which yeah. is why jesus is such a big deal yeah. because he stood in our place yeah. um, so we now can look out at a broken world and you know, still fight for justice to be sure, still stand up for people who yeah. can't stand up for yeah. themselves to be sure. But we have the the hope that one day our just God is going to make all things In right. In the return of the utopia that was That's lost right. that we just That's talked right. about. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Um, but if you don't have that faith or hope in that God who is going to do that, then it becomes placed in our hands to now... St- you know, seek judgment, bring seek it. revenge, yep. bring which has bred all the things that yep. we have seen rampant yep. in our political and soci- sociological landscape. Yep. And in and, and which, <clears throat> you know, what's interesting about that is, like, if you just look at it from the biblical narrative, the biblical narrative is 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 the Bible says no one is good, not one. Right. Okay. Well, that's true. And then you apply that into secular thinking. Then it's like, well, then this will never end because if no one is good, we're going to be tearing each other apart forever. Yeah, yeah. That's where this goes. Uh, yeah, that's the final. Because if, if you don't, if, if you don't have any hope in this all getting resolved by a benevolent, merciful, redemptive, holy God. Yeah. And and you're going to fight for it now. Yeah. All right. Well then. Mm-hmm. The people you're tearing down are eventually going to come for you. That's right. Yeah. Thus, the current landscape, and really how it's always been, honestly. Um, and I thought he landed the plane in a really interesting way. Um, 
he goes on to say, political questions are not metaphysical. They are of this world and this world alone. Yeah. Preach. I highlighted that exact, yeah. and that exact line. And he, he quotes a guy who said, some days are for dealing with your insurance documents or fighting in the mud with your political opponents or taxes or whatever stuff of life. Yeah. And he goes, there are also days for solemnity, fasting, worship, or feasting. Things that remind us the world is bigger than itself. Like, and man, and that is a good word for yeah. our people who, right now. Is yeah. like, you know, turn off the TV, you know, put down your phone, and, um, it, you know, life and death does not hinge on the politics of our age. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. Yeah. And, and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody's listening and they, you haven't been to church in a long time mm. because you just think it's another institution. Yeah. And you know what? In some ways you're right. But if you find the right church, then it's, it's just, it is, a, then it's an institution that knows it's broken. Right. Which makes it about as safe as you can ask for yeah. this side of, this side of Eden. Yeah. We know that the answers aren't in ourselves. Yeah. or the pastor, or yeah, we know that we go to Christ for all of that. Yeah. And our job is to point one another yeah. back to him. So yeah, The church should be full of people who are politically homeless, mm -hmm. ideological bankrupt, yeah. ideologically bankrupt, mm. and um, looking uh, for where they can put all of this need to unceasingly outpour yeah, that's right. what can hold the weight of this in thing inside of me. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe it's not, maybe it is in some ways not going forward, not going back, mm -hmm. but going up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amen. That's a good place to end. It See is. you next week. See ya. <laughs>